Welcome to episode 98 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me liking impeachment tweets at SEATJK. And with me tonight, on remote, is Chris. Uh, when are they calling you in to testify, Chris? <laughs> very soon. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, just, just waiting, just waiting for the call. Anyway. Yeah. That's right. You're you're doing advanced work out there, right? Getting ready to take over one of those posts when these guys go to jail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, I'm starring in my new uh, movie, uh, Podcaster Far From Home, is what I am. It's been a it's been a week, so it's uh, I'm ready to get out of here. Are you doing any commentary for us? Where would we find that if you were? Uh, if you were following, if you were following me, I'm at CD Villasenor on Twitter. All right. Well, you can interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at holla, holla. at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. You see, Matt told me I wasn't enough uh, enthusiastic enough. I, yeah, I, I think that's the funniest part of that little bit. I like I always like doing that sort of like, you know how much we love to hear from you. Yeah, indeed. Well, well hello, guten Abend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this week, yeah, we'll, so we'll start with an update on your adventures in the EU, or at least one country in the EU. Yeah. Uh, we'll wade into some OK Boomer-style content while we defend our arrested adolescents. And finally, we'll get into some of your submissions for alternate movie synopses, along with some of our favorites. Beyond the buzzer, we'll pause for Jawa, and I will tell you about my brush with superfan number 45 in the OT. But Chris, speaking of politics, you had some political theater to get off of your chest first? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, with all the things that are going on, I think there's some really important issues that we need to get to the bottom of. And uh, first of all, I think uh, I think the most important issue that we've had this week is uh, the unjust prosecution of uh, Representative Swalwell. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of you have seen the uh, the video where he's on uh, with Chris, Chris Matthews. And obviously, a fart is made. So Jesus did you see cut. That, <laughs> did you see that the hardball account tried to uh, play it off as a, a mug scraping across the desk? <laughs> I, why are people trying to cover this up? Now, this is this is the this is the funniest thing about it. First of all, I'm of the mind. Now, as someone who has farted, <laughs> I'm I'm of the mind. That there's no possible way you could cut a monster like that without, number one, either shifting or breaking your sentence. Now, if I was speaking to you right now in a and just in a basic conversation, not even on TV, but just on a basic conversation, if I had a fart, there is no possible way I could complete a sentence while ch- talking to you without either shifting in my seat or breaking that sentence to cut that big of a fart. I might be able to let a small one slide, but that one is a monster. Like a de- that's a decent size rip. Quite a start and- to the show for you here. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, I mean, but do you agree? I mean, there's 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 no way, right? Well, I don't know. I don't have the healthiest colon, so I mean, <laughs> <it> <laughs> might you, be a little. But you, have, you know, admittedly, you have you have farted as well. <laughs> I am a person who has farted. Yes. <laughs> okay. I can't deny it. But there's. I can't, and I and I think I'm actually a very talented farter, um, <laughs> but there's but there's but there's really no possible way you could be speaking, and I don't even think I don't care who you are, I don't because there's no way you could practice. You think unless there is there speaking like speaker training that that says here's how you talk through a fart. But it happens in the transition. It happens when he goes to him and. No, there, there's the he's pause. Talk, no, but he's talking. No, he's not during the pause. He's he's Swalwell is speaking in the middle, and it happens mid sentence. This is why, this is why, I can't believe it's Swalwell because it's mid sentence. He's saying, "Well, the United States of America, blah 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 blah." I think there's no way. So my contention is it's Matthews, and you know. He thought while they were cut away to 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 Swalwell speaking, they muted his mic because maybe that's something they do on TV, and he just decides to just let one let one fly. That was the very first, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, sort of JFK JFK style conclusion. <laughs> 
that I saw based on this film was that that's that he expected uh, his end to be muted by that time. Right. And and that that so then again, Hardball obviously says the audio came from their side. Ultimately, they did say it was the mug. So Swalwell definitely the mug. That them. is not a mug. <laughs> I don't even. I didn't, wanna... not, I've heard a mug scrape across a desk. I've also I've also heard a mug scrape across a desk. It don't sound like that. That's a All that's right. a fart. It's 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 Chris Matthews fart. It, and if Chris Matthews was a man, he would just own up. He would just say, "You know what? I thought I was I thought I was muted, and I let one rip." Actually, I think I would just say, "Don't worry about it." And that's all I would say. Like, and that would be an admission enough for everyone that thought it was me. Yeah. But then I just would never comment. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Were you, did you fart on air the other night, Chris? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, think, I think that's okay. I think that's the right response. <laughs> It reminds me of the time the Jesus guy on the street was like, "Have you accepted Christ as your savior?" And I said, "Don't worry about it." And I just kept walking. I think that I think that I like that approach. I think that that is a solid approach for many things. I think a lot of I think a lot of celebrities and a lot of uh, politicians, when it comes to these things that are really that don't really matter, mm-hmm. that are just sort of goofy things, is like, you know, was your, was your fly open? Yeah, don't worry about it. You know, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, well, that's a running joke in my household, actually. An alternate version of that is, who can say? And so <laughs> when, it's, when it's a known fact, did you ask a known fact? Who can say? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? I like, I, like, uh, I like don't worry about it um, much better than I can't confirm or deny that. Yeah, no, I like who can say now that I've come back to it. Okay. <laughs> I like don't worry about it. I like who can say. Those are equal for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like who can say because you're just basically – or I like, uh, I like don't worry about it because – I just admitted, yes, it was me, but don't, don't worry about it. It's not, but, but it's, but it's irrelevant. I actually think anytime someone asks you any question, you should just scream, I want nothing at the top of your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so farting on TV is a wonderful thing. Like a farting on live TV. It's, it's like on the NBA when like somebody just yells fuck really loud <laughs> on the basket. Mike, yeah, that's the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> So farting on TV and NBA players yelling, or sports people just yelling "fuck" on TV is, is it will never get old. It never gets old for me. It you know it happens with basketball players, with golfers, with everybody. And, and, no, I never, th- I never don't think it's funny. Yeah, it, it works for me every time. Well, and you know, I don't. <laughs> since we're talking politics, the uh, Trump walking into the UFC fight a couple weeks ago when he mm-hmm. the sort of a mix of boos and cheers, right? It's kind of a mixed reception, but definitely sure. depending on which camera angle you watched the audio was different so okay. but there were definite boos and in the one video that I, I watched a few of them because i wanted to get the i want to understand <laughs> like what's the dispersal here um and there's one video and i where you can hear the boos pretty loud clearly in this section is boo boo and then really just a nice rich burly fuck yeah <laughs> Like the guy couldn't be more than like four or five seats away, but really went for it. <laughs> it's it's not even the context of the the fact that it's Trump, or that it's just this video where there's people booing. And it's really robust. Fuck you. And I just I, I it killed me. I, I fell down. I, it was yeah, great. Because that like I said, that never gets old. No. All right. Well, should we do the show? You bet. All right. Segment number one. Tell me about your business travel, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, I know the reason I put this on the list today is because I know you you know this very well because oh, yeah. you had you had a very extensive trip once for your old job where you went all around the world. What I mean, that well, was, that wasn't one trip. It was uh, I basically uh, in the couple of years that I had that job, I had to go to see my guys once a quarter. Like, but there were so many that I just had to go to like a million places. So it took every quarter I was going for at least a week because it doesn't make sense to travel mm-hmm. for, you know, hours and hours and not stay. I, the longest one I ever did was the, and I mentioned this actually, it's funny, not, not that long ago, but the, the New Zealand, um, Aust- uh, Sydney, Singapore, Tokyo, that was the Oof. longest single trip that I ever did. Those are some long hauls. That's, those are some long haul flights. It's the, you know, the one that gets you is the, uh, the Sydney to Singapore, because in your head that's close. It's not close because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's around the biggest, fattest part of the world. It's the yeah, you yeah. Know, that's I, a nine-hour flight. Oof. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, yeah. You think you're closer, <laughs> right? It seems like oh, this will be the short leg. It's like it's as far from Singapore to Sydney as it is from Tokyo to Seattle. Yeah, that's see, that's something that people don't really 
realize. <laughs> People don't realize. Hashtag. The uh, but as far as as far as uh, as far as staying like in the same place, you know, it's funny is that everyone get, kind of gets to know you, like all the hotel mm-hmm. staff. <laughs> I've done that trip too, where you just go to the same. I've gone to worked somewhere for yeah. two weeks on on location. Yeah. Yeah. So they. So what's funny is. At some point, it transitions from "Oh, hi, I recognize you" to "Hi, you're still here." <laughs> you know good morning. You good here mo- now. Good morning. How could what? How long? Then they look at their watch. Good morning. Good morning. Like, oh yeah, I'm still here. I don't know. I am rolling out of here pretty soon, but the uh, but I think that but. It's been pretty good, and I think I realized my favorite part about this particular trip is breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Waking up to a full... There's nothing like waking up to like a full hot breakfast of everything you want. This is the, I miss those this is, days. This is the best reason to live in a hotel. <laughs> See, unfortunately for me now, traveling, breakfast is the most dangerous meal of the day for me. Right. Yes, <laughs> you, and, you and butter... I can't yeah. uh, since you and butter don't get along, but Mm-mm. I don't know if there's anything you could eat here. To be honest with you, but <laughs> pretzels. the uh, pretzel, pretzel, zoom mind first happen. Uh, but the, <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 it is the best part of you know being able to just stroll down and gather up a big a big breakfast because I love breakfast food, uh-huh. and it really is the the best part of it. Um, the other thing around food here is that. Uh, this company serves lunches. Like, like there's a cafeteria that is just grats. Like you just show okay. up, and they have a few. They have a few. Uh, they have a few lines that you can get into there. There's a few dishes that you can that you can get on any given day. And yesterday they finally came with the bratwurst. <laughs> <laughs> it took me. It took me like a week. I was like, when is there going to be bratwurst? I took. I was like, "Come on, Germans, let's let's hook, let's get this thing going earlier and more often." Now I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm immediately flipping it in my head, like, "Wow, well, it's my cheeseburger!" <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, but that I was I was finally thrilled. It's like, all right, mashed potatoes, sauerkraut, bratwurst, yay! So now I'm so now I'm fulfilled. What do they call sauerkraut in Germany? I think it's <laughs> you just say it with the German accent. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Those are those are funny jokes always to make too when you're uh, when you're sitting around. Oh yeah, what do they call sauerkraut? Hey, what do they call uh, what do they call this in German? It's like that's what it, that's what it is. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> well, if you have any time, you should find me some kind of bar shirt because their bars are. That's what my last name is. Is it's cellar, which generally stood for bar key, like a bartender or a bar area. Yeah, I, I saw it every. I see. I saw it. I saw your name everywhere when I went into um, Heidelberg. Find me a cool shirt. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna have time to find you a cool shirt now. If I'd have known this the other day, if I'd have known this over the weekend, I would. have... Well, you I'd saw have... it. You said a bunch of times. You're like, hey, I should get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not really a souvenir buyer. But... If I went somewhere and there was a like a Mr. Villa shirt, I would. If I, if I went to that <laughs> restaurant you and you'd never seen it before, I'd get you the Mr. Villa T-shirt. <laughs> You get me the Mr. Villa shirt if there was a if you go to the Mr. Villa uh, Mexican restaurant on uh, Lake City Way. Yes, I'm going to now specifically to make you feel bad about this incident. <laughs> you could also go to Villa Senor Family Restaurant in Yakima. There you I go. There's a, I think there's one of those as well. So, what but, other interesting things have you seen? So, um, so I went to Heidelberg, and they have a castle there. Mm. And you know what's fun about going to these uh, like a Nazi castle? No, no, no. Like a like a. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was there to see the hey, the the. I was here. Ah, oh, dang it! What's the Indiana Jones? We're here to the see tapestries. The, the tapestries. The tapestries. Yeah, I was here. I was there to see the tapestries. The um, it's kind of this old. It's mostly a ruin. Okay. Now, but I'm always right because of the you, war. I don't know. No, because it's old. Because <laughs> it was built. <laughs> it's built in like 1200 or whatever the hell it was. Sure. The um, but that's always the nice part about going to older culture countries right you see things mm-hmm. and they're like this was built in 15 something you're like shit wheelbarrows and giant stones and like like <laughs> yeah. ropes like oh no the the yeah exactly and essentially slave labor right they work for the 
the Kaiser or whatever. I don't know who, who I don't know what they, I don't know who ran. <laughs> I don't know who ran the Burger Meister Meister Burger. Whoever ran the whoever ran uh, Heidelberg back in the day, but the Heat Miser, the Heat Miser, yeah. And, but it's a it's a really nice little town, and then you go into this old section, like the old town. But the funny thing about the old town now is it's it's got churches and other things in there, but the and these cobblestone streets and these lovely plazas. But it's basically U Village, <laughs> but it's built into the old town. So you see all these modern clothing stores. There's a Starbucks down there. It's just kind of a it's like like Leavenworth, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of this, it feels like, oh, this is nice, and you sort of walk into the town and then all of a sudden it opens up into this. You can see they're everywhere. It's, it's, yeah, that's like, uh, Rome is like that. It's just, it's sort of, there's a city, but it's built into the middle of an old city, and like you're walking through an alley and then, oh, the Pantheon! <laughs> <laughs> it's just, here it is. It's like, oh, I don't think it's a Pantheon. I think the Pantheon might be in Athens. No, that's the Parthenon. <laughs> Okay. The Pantheon is 100% in row. Okay. I'm sorry. It has an Oculus in the in the ceiling. I'm sorry. I'm confused. I'm the one yes, who's never You played. are. That's correct. You're the one that's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Parthenon. No, it's yeah. the Pantheon. It's Those the, are two different things. It's the Marathon. <clears throat> also a different thing. <laughs> no, sorry. It's the Jerry Lewis Telethon. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, but the uh, but then I you know but then on the next day I decided I was still stuck here in Nowhere Town, uh, so I took the train to Stuttgart and went to the Porsche Museum. Mm, nice. Which was actually pretty cool. So if you're into yeah. if you're into if you're into the if you're into the sports cars, the uh, you know they have every model every model they've ever made as well really? as like these cool special kind. And uh, and of course I, I stood in front of the the Carrera GT, the car that killed Paul Walker. Oh, <laughs> I thought to myself, this is the car that killed Paul Walker. Stupid. I would have liked to go sit in a nine five nine. The uh, you know I don't know what they ha- oh yeah the I, I know what you're saying but they have the um, they have this other program there where you could actually rent. Uh, a car for it's called Porsche Drive, and you could actually rent one for an hour or three hours. They have mileage limits on them, but you could have got in one and and uh, a couple. I mean, they're not going to let you drive anything super awesome. I mean, like they're all super awesome, but they're they're mostly like 911 types and and those things like Panamera or whatever you wanted to. You know, the 959 was like the that's like the car that that was my poster car when I was mm. young. Yeah, they had one there. They had like a red one, yeah. like a red on red on red. Yeah, because they never made it to the U.S. Oh yeah, those yeah. poster. It was a. There's this other uh, really. Uh, they have this little wind tunnel exhibit where um, they have this tiny wind tunnel and they have a model of all the cars and you could put the you put it in there and it turns on this light and it blows the smoke and you can see how each each car deals with the deals with the the air. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and in that exhibit, there's this one race car that said if it reaches 325 kilometers per hour, the downforce, theoretically, you could drive it on the ceiling. You could drive it upside down. It, it has enough downforce. The downforce is greater than its weight. Nice. So I wish they could have found a way to test that. Yeah. <laughs> that Did you been... build a loop or what? Like, just... No. It's not a loop. You would literally drive it on a ceiling at that speed. It would, right, it would you'd have to somehow down. invert it at the speed already. Like, <laughs> you right. couldn't climb a wall. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be the, you don't really want to be the, uh, the, the, uh, the test, the test driver on that one. Well, yeah, so you rig it up with some sort of a hook system, <laughs> and then eventually you just have to let it go. Okay, right. let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Just you know, a long row of like mattresses below you, you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think 324 kilometers per hour was what my uh, driver from the airport was doing. Oh, that is a good time. I, I love I love a good European taxi. <laughs> he was he had he was a it was a it was like a like a car slash shuttle service that that is mm. shared, but I didn't have to share it. I think I told this. Well, you did. I did, but it 
probably fell off the map last week. <laughs> no, just um, you saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but uh, yes, it felt like it felt like perhaps he was doing 325 kilometers per hour. All right. Anything else to mention before we move on? Nope. That uh, that I'm uh, missing the good old USA. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting back. Well, it's a fun time here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I we get the news here. I I've, I've been following that. But, uh, so I've had a lot of heads down work to get done this week, and that means that I have watched twenty hours of impeachment hearings because <laughs> I just turn it on, like, and I'm like I, doing, you know, because I don't have to pay attention to it the whole time. Yeah, but it, it becomes apparent when I need to. Anyway, maybe we can revisit this in the OT, but okay. let's move on. All right, in segment two, we're going to talk about, I guess. Martin Scorsese's bad opinions about superhero movies. <laughs> You're the one that put it in here, so I'll I let did. you take us where you wanted to go, because I didn't really want to get into this. This is such a a reductive argument to me, but I saw Alan Moore wait in, so maybe that's why you felt like you wanted to get on this. This is why... This are you watching The Watchmen, by, by the way? Yes, I am. Okay. I am watching Watchmen, and I'm enjoying it very much so far. Yes, me too. The, uh, But, yeah, this is... I was, you know, it's very easy to sort of say to Martin Scorsese, it's like, you know what, you're sure. Again, I get that you feel like superhero movies aren't cinema. But I would always say that there's a lot of movies that I love that aren't quote-unquote cinema. (laughs) And for the artists out there to do their thing, it's like nobody's telling you you can't. You know what I mean? And there's nobody's telling you that you can't make money doing quote-unquote serious films. If that's what you're compelled to do, that's what you should do. And he's, I think he's complaining that there's no marketplace for it anymore. Well, that's the thing I agree with, actually. like, So, I like superhero movies. I enjoy them. Um, mm-hmm. For me, the takes where it's, you know, it's, oh, it's concerning that, that, you know, if you're an adult and these things are meant to stimulate a 12 or 13-year-old mind. And, the, and it's like, well, yes, when it was... A comic book. I mean, but we've talked before about um, mature themes in Marvel books being a, a very common, like you know, social commentary being a big part of um, superhero culture. On the not on every, not in every book, but in many of them, especially the more mature ones in the in the late '80s and '90s, the Dark Horse stuff, um, mm-hmm. and then the movies. To some extent, since Christopher Nolan did The Dark Knight, have now kind of reflected a more reality-based take on the superhero. I think that they have tried. Marvel's done a pretty good job. Um, making us not have to suspend a total, like all, too much disbelief to get in on board with uh, what's going on in a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that is an achievement of, you know, uh, worth noting. And now I get it that it's, yeah, it's, but it's a popcorn film, but I don't see how it's any different than any, any other, like how's it, how's it different than an action movie in general? Why is it somehow, is it just because there's a giant franchise and it's, t- it is the, these are the only movies that make money anymore? Because I, I agree with that take. I hate that there's no space for things like, you know, the Irishman or uh, mm-hmm. motherless, you know, the, or motherless Brooklyn or, or, uh, you know, even a movie like rounders, which wouldn't get made today. Right. Like that just, there's no audience for that. Right. Unless you can do it on the cheap. And that's, I don't know that I have a problem with that either. Cause I sort of enjoy always the humbling story of, yeah, we did this for no money. Cause everybody wanted to make the movie. That's a good story. That's better yeah. than everybody got a huge paycheck and it sucked. Right. And it finds an audience. I, with, with uh, Scorsese, I was, I would like him to sit across the table from Spielberg and tell Spielberg that, you know, the Indiana Jones movies, which are essentially superhero movies. Sure. Those aren't cinema, Steve. And I'd like, I'd... and I'd like Steve to say, go fuck yourself, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You think you can do good tracking shots? You're some, you're some special wizard. Right. <laughs> Anybody the... can follow somebody around with a camera. Right, through a kitchen. Yeah. You're no... <laughs> <laughs> But that's the but but for Alan Moore to wait. So I get it. I get why I you know the nature of movies is changing. A lot of people watch movies from home, especially quote unquote talkie movies. Like I would not go to the I would not spend my theater money to go see The Irishman. No, but I want it to get made right because I want to watch it at home. Sure, I, <laughs> I can't it. wait to watch it at home. <laughs> and 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 maybe they're just you know equating six you know box office success with movie success but i think it'll you know it'll it'll get seen and whatever maybe he maybe it's not going to make goodfellas type of money but right. is that why he, movies like that, that will never make that kind of yeah. money again is he but he's it, is that the whole point i mean the point the point i get to is like martin scorsese probably doesn't need the money if you want to make movies great movies just make great movies 
And and if they are great, would you know? Will they? You know, will, was that enough? Well, isn't their argument in some way reactionary in the sense that? Okay, you're just basically, you're nostalgic for the idea of the cinema, which again is just something from the past that, yes, was for everyone because there was no other choice. But now adult movies are meant to be watched on my giant television alone at home so I don't have to be around a bunch of other people. Superhero movies are for the theater. Yeah. Let's go. It's like watching. It's like going to a sporting event, right? Every, you know that everyone's there is is excited about what they're going to see. No one's no one's going to see Endgame. At least in the you know I don't know. Very few people are going to go see are going to be in the theater for Endgame. Who are like, you know, I just don't know about this, but I'm going to sit here and, and see if this is any good. <laughs> like that's not what that's not the experience. Yeah. And I I just I like being able to immerse myself in a serious film at my house where I can relax and focus and turn the volume up. And if I miss something, I can rewind it. Or if there's some weird accent, like I like, what did he say? And I can find out, like, I don't just have to miss it and move on. (laughs) So I I hear where he's coming from, but I also think that if you want to examine it even further, I still like to play like old school video games that went from when I was a kid, you know, from time to time. I enjoy that. Um, I think the reason that I'm into a superhero movie is because you're finally have the technology to make the movies that I wanted to see when I was that age. So I still want to have seen them. Yeah. Because the versions of what we got were not the best. <laughs> like the original <laughs> efforts were not that, not really that exciting. Yeah. Go sit down and watch clash of the Titans. The original one, the Harry Hamlin one <laughs> with all that stop motion. Terrible. Oh my God. I it's think I watch it. It's terrific. I, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, the, I made my daughter watch it when she was young, and she got it about three minutes into it. And go, what is this crap? What is this terrible? It's like this is what we had when we were kids, my dear. This is how this is what this is what fantasy adventure looked like. It looked terrible. You should go watch uh, the Mummy Two, um, just for the terrible rock CGI at the end. Oh my god! Because uh, that movie actually has pretty good effects, especially the first one. It's like that but first the, one's like. But yes. But the rock as the scorpion king with the half body and oh my god, it's so bad. It's, it's so just, bad. Like, just and that's that's early two thousands. That's not even twenty years ago. So I, I mean, it, it was really rough. So I want to go watch Marvel movies because you're giving me a rooted in reality, somewhat you know, give, giving me kind of present day politics kinds of things and giving me interesting plots and for the most part, you know, and then we like to make fun of it too. That's part of it, right? It's like, look at how corny and dumb this part was. Right. It's not every, every part of it can be good because we understand that it's popcorn fair. And sometimes part of that stuff, um, it can be corny and that can be part of the fun. But and it's also, yeah, but it's also a state of the art experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. And when I think about video games too, it's like, I, I, <laughs> I actually started, Beyond just, I was thinking about unhealthy habits that are adolescent for me. And that was the first thing I thought it was mobile gaming yeah. because I have what I would call a bit of an unhealthy mobile gaming habit. Not, not uh, financially. I am actually a very, a hard, a very hardcore <laughs> free to play kind of player. Got it. Um, I didn't used to be, I, when I first started doing it, I was, I was bad about the, the transactions, but I, I weaned myself off of it. And the, the irony for that is that I, I started doing that to wean myself off of Twitter so that anytime I had a quiet moment, I wasn't just opening Twitter every time. <laughs> Uh, it hasn't worked at all, um, but it's devel- I've developed new unhealthy obsessions. Uh, <laughs> I would say that mobile gaming is admittedly way too high of a priority in my life. Got it. It's not good. <laughs> and I have no plans to stop. Right. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love it. Well, at least you're not smoking. I mean, that's what, that's what other people do. But uh, back to Alan Moore really quickly, though. He, Sorry. He says, that's okay. He says, I think the impact of superheroes on popular culture is both tremendously embarrassing and a little worrying. <laughs> Written by a guy who, I don't know, wrote superhero uh, stories. Well, I guess that's, a, how do you look at Watchmen? Do you feel like it's a superhero story? It's a superhero story. This is, is this, this is the whole, is um, is Nightmare Before Christmas, a, you know, a, a Christmas That's not story. the same thing at all. <laughs> it's a com. it's a social commentary with, it's a social commentary with, um, with superheroes, you know, told by, told in the context of superheroes. Right. Sure. And he, he talks about like the concern of, of people hanging on to the 20th century. Um, I mean, I guess I can understand that point of view because I am definitely nostalgic for a period of time where just the world seemed like it wasn't about to bust open at the seams at any moment every day. Sure. Sure. It's called being a kid. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's the, and, and, 
and I think that that you get to maybe dream out loud a little more about and the and the people who are currently running these businesses, I mean who are coming into into influence more are the people who are my age, right? Uh-huh. The people who grew up in the 70s and early 80s. You know, these are people who are, you know, who've got the control raw, who's got the controls of this ship. So, of course, you know, of course, that's why we've seen such a such an explosion of that 80s, you know, that late that 70s early 80s nostalgia. It's it's um it's it's something we want. You know, it, you know, again, it harkens back to a simpler time. I think the most offensive part is Scorsese's comment where he says, it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And I, I think that that's simply just not correct. Like, those movies try actually really hard to make you care and to make you buy into the, the character's emotional journeys. Now, they're not always as well-crafted as you might find in a more serious fare. But I think for the source material... and it's impressive what the the amount of um, investment that they've gotten me to to put into these movies emotionally. Like I, I didn't, I, I never really feel. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get. I don't emotionally triggered by media very often in, uh-huh. in any form. Um, in fact, I was at a basketball game last night and there was such a sick, unexpected alley oop that I jumped out of my seat and kicked over my beer. Like I was like, <laughs> like I was not ready. I literally was surprised. I was like, that's why I come to the shit. I love it. <laughs> Cause there's natural moments that just don't get to experience that as you become a jaded older adult. And you know, things like cap wielding the hammer, wielding Mjolnir is one of those things. So I love, you know, cinema, but yeah, when you make me, if I get the tingles because of you connected to something from my childhood that makes me happy, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Why would you, why would you crap on that? Well, I I was about to reverse myself because the reality I think, Chris, is that we come at this from a very sort of ability to see using critical thinking, multifaceted aspects of, of this kind of entertainment. And I think we often overlook sort of, there is a fanaticism that exists at a intellectual level that doesn't maybe examine it as closely. Right. And I think that that for folks that are like, are having that struggle, I don't know that this is any more damaging than any other stuff that they're not examining more closely in their lives. Yeah. I'm sure that we could dig into people who, who write books and like, there's probably the same thread going on with the YA people versus people who are writing quote unquote serious literature. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I bet every every industry has this. This is just the one that this is just the one that sort of touches touches my life a lot more closely. Yeah, I um, mean, he could have just said, "I tried seeing the movies, but they're not for me." That could have been the end of the comment. Right, but I'm an authority. But I'm the but I'm the living authority on cinema, Marty. I just realized that the way I just described that phenomenon that I was trying to artfully describe makes me sound extremely elitist, and I'm not trying to be that way. <laughs> In my experience, there are a lot of people who don't seem to look at things too much beyond the surface. Sure. And I think that there are unhealthy aspects to uh, arrested development and extended adolescence for folks that maybe aren't aware or who, who can't maybe take it and leave it in, in, and compartmentalize the way that perhaps we have been able to. Yeah. Anyway, one more before we wrap up the segment. I just, speaking of bad CGI, mm. there's, a, there's a Call of the Wild movie coming out with uh-huh. um I saw the trailer yesterday uh with Harrison Ford and they and the CGI dog sucks. Oh it, no. The, the star of the show is a CGI dog. Yes, that's the, that's a that's a that book is like a, a half inch thick. <laughs> it's like a 90 minute read. Right. It's for kids. <laughs> you know, I I mean I read Call of the Wild when I was a kid. It was awesome. It's a sure. great story. Yes. But this CGI dog. All right, people Run out and see the uh, run out and, and look at the trailer at some point on <laughs> on the internet and 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 sit there in horror because it's like that's it's rough. dog. I mean, everybody knows that everybody wants to to love this dog, and that dog is not as obviously a CGI dog. There's no possible way you're going to be able to get emotionally attached to this CGI dog. This it's, it's going to be impossible. We were making successful dog movies in the '80s. Why can't we just have a real dog? Why can't we have a real dog? I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's it's gonna be bad. <laughs> All right. All right. You know, I've been to Jack London's cabin. Really? Yeah. It's in San Francisco. Was he there? 
Yes, his bones were uh, <laughs> encased in glass. Did he serve you a drink? I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not. All right, segment number three. In segment three, we asked over the a couple of days ago for our loyal listeners to give us their best fake movie synopsis. Um, and we would mention the ones we got submitted on the show. And we also pulled some of our favorites from various sources on the internet. And then I was trying really hard to make up new ones. I don't know if everybody else was, but <laughs> I, was I, I, didn't I, tried, I tried to make up new ones. I did mark the one that I did as a common meme because it is absolutely my favorite one. The star, there's the star Wars one that is an orphan boy that is radicalized after a military strike kills that kills his family. He's indoctrinated into an ancient religion and joins a band of insurgents on a terrorist attack that kills 300,000 people. <laughs> See, I liked I liked the I, I enjoy the more involved ones, the ones that read like they might be on the IMDb. I, I uh-huh. thought that that was that was more entertaining to me. That's what I love so much about the Wizard of Oz one, which is you know, woman transported to a magical land, kills the first person she meets, and teams up with three strangers to kill again. Yes, like it's you just look at it from the, the antagonist point of view, right? That's the easiest way to come up with one of these. Um, but we got some good ones. Um, our friend Chris Retallick, who has been a guest on the show before, you can follow him at CS Retallick. That's I'm not gonna spell it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my favorite that he submitted for us was disgraced former general murders the head of state in front of thousands of cheering citizens completely revises the government and everyone goes along with it which is that it's gladiator it's gladiator <laughs> oh that's funny i was trying to think about that that was that's i liked it more when people stopped providing us with the title of what they were describing and it yeah. was more fun yeah, I did. I, I just did that first one, but then I, yeah, I, I dumped it. Disgraced former general. That's fun. That is a, that is a good one. I couldn't, I was trying to figure that one out. I, it took me, no. It, it took me a minute. I never figured it out, so thank you for, uh, for, uh, for, for cluing me in. So what else did you, did you, were there any on that made the list that submissions that you wanted to mention? You want to call, the, um, shout out some of our, our, our loyal friends? Yeah, so the funny, the, there were two of them. That, that were sort of back-to-back that made me laugh. The first one was, well, the first one came from me and the response was funny. Okay. I wrote, U.S. government spends far too much money rescuing Matt Damon. Hashtag, please be more specific. <laughs> and then our friend Josh comes back with, U.S. government spends far too much money trying to eliminate Matt Damon. <laughs> please be more specific. And you can thought, follow Josh at Joshua Tufts. Yeah, that was, I thought that made me laugh because I had... I hadn't thought of the, the the flip side of that, so that was that made that was a that cracked me up. I liked East Coast whiny brat comes to town and stirs up trouble, and including manipulating an old man to assault some teenagers. That's a that's a, <laughs> a classic, classic Karate Kid take. That's also from Josh. Uh, our friend Brian Schwartz, also been a guest on the show at Brian Schwartz 04. Drug addicted girl takes advantage of mentally challenged boy for three decades. <laughs> Uh, our friend Ken Kallenbach, uh, at I am Ken, 2-4. Seven, a religious man killed for following his beliefs. <laughs> That's a, that might be an oversimplification of the circumstance. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's, but that's the funny part of this game, is sort of just boiling down the, uh, boiling it down. The, um, mine. Uh, another one from me was, um, Creepy old dead man grooms rural Washington teenage girl for inappropriate relationship. <laughs> that was my favorite of the ones that you submitted. Um, I've seen some other Twilight ones, like a love triangle between dead man and a dog. Right. right. <laughs> the uh, I think that one's an easy one. That was a, yes. That, no, I a, liked yours. That's a deep. That is, that is a deep well of uh, of making these types of uh, of. Here's a random one from the internet that made me laugh. Was okay. uh, for Titanic. Everyone tries the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> that was pretty... <laughs> see, but that's not really what. That's not. The... That's not in the spirit of what we're doing here. That's just a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> Wait, we're not. We're not doing jokes. No, and I had to share my own because I, I you know, I had to go in on Disney because it's my. It was a follow on yes. from from what I discussed with Matt, but like, uh, I had to go in on on back in on Peter Pan because I hate that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> You do Racist. hate it. You hate Peter Pan. <laughs> I do. Fuck him, man. He sucks. Racist, misogynist, elf cosplayer kidnaps children and conscripts them into ongoing war against seafaring explorers. <laughs> That's, that, that, is, that, is, that is good. And then a uh, supernatural being poses as child care professional and forces her way into a family's life before indoctrinating the children against their father. 
<laughs> I and then I called you out on that one for for bringing Julie Andrews into this. Don't bring Julie Andrews into this. As she Look, is as the I... reigning as she is the reigning queen of oldest woman I would date. <laughs> Look, man, uh, I'm I'm. I, I'm good with either Mary Poppins, frankly. I, I'm very, I'm very invested in both. So what if nothing what to if, love? What if Emily Blunt had shown up in her Edge of Tomorrow armor with that big sword and and was Mary Poppins? That works for me. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made that movie better. So some of the other uh, internet classic favorites. So I, I pulled. This is a long list that I, that you found. Um, so I only ended up finding a couple because, again, I thought too many of them were too easy, too short. I mean, not bad necessarily, but not not the. I was looking for a specific type of funny bone to have to be tickled here. So, right. um, I really enjoyed uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Bullied kid with birth defect proves people are only nice to you when you need something. <laughs> that is good. Did you grab any others? You know, I I I'm trying to. I don't think it ended up on the on the. Um... Uh, here's a couple from me that 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 I thought I don't know. Let me toot my own horn. That I thought may have been clever. Um, divorcee cross dresses to ruin ex-wife's relationship with James Bond. <laughs> That's Mrs. Doubtfire. That is indeed Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and then there was. Um... Is that timely? Did it, did it have to be? Uh... Like he was only James Bond at that time. Like, does it, does it still qualify later on? <laughs> yes, of course. It. Hey, once you're James Bond, you're always James Bond. You know how, like, if you hold public office, they always call you by the the highest title you've held, even if you're not mm-hmm. holding it anymore. It, James Bond is similar. If you're once you're James Bond, you always get to be referred to as James Bond. Oh, I see. I must not have grabbed that one. I didn't unthread okay. all of the tweets. That's all I right. thought I did. That's okay. And then the I thought this one was funny because it's also a. Disney Princess one is entitled man forces himself on unconscious girl to the bewilderment of her seven roommates. <laughs> I was going to mention that on, on your behalf. <laughs> that was the Sleeping Beauty one too. Is uh, girl wakes up to find stranger on top of her in bed. It's cool because he's hot. <laughs> that is the the all those Disney Princess ones are uh, yeah easy easy pickets for this this game. You could you can write a million of them. Well, I've got a few more that uh, that I pulled from the the internet archives here. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street: A wisecracking boiler technician teaches high school students to believe in their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It kind of makes it sound like Rudy. Nice. <laughs> uh, the Martian: Billions of dollars in subsidies for a potato farmer. That 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 goes into your spending too much money rescuing Matt Damon. Yes, for sure. Um, the Matrix. A depressed office worker joins a cult and destabilizes the government. This also works so, for Fight Club. It, all, it also works for this podcast. Is that what we're doing? I don't know. No. Uh, Spider-Man. A young man forcibly binds other men and photographs them for money. <laughs> True. Grease. A woman abandons all her standards to win back a horny teenager with greasy hair. She does. I mean, I like how Greece is this. It, it becomes like this empowerment thing at the end, and you're like, not really. Yeah, you know, when you're a kid, the end of Greece is that Sandy finds herself, like, and she becomes more of an empowered woman. And when, <laughs> and when and now that you're older, and you look at that ending, you're like, wait a minute, yeah. she was just fine. Sandy's yeah. just fine the way she is. She's a 30-year-old high school senior. <laughs> and she is fine the way she is. She doesn't need to she doesn't need to hoe it up for a 28-year-old high school senior. <laughs> no, and those no. No, that's a it, that movie it's not it's not great. It's it's not really great. It's amazing to me when you don't, if you didn't think about it too hard, because back, you know, when I guess when these movies were made, nobody really thought about anything too hard, at least not, not really. in the public sphere. Yeah. Really. And there was just, I can't believe how much of our culture has been influenced by the idea that, yeah, boys will be boys. Like, oh my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, boys will be boys worked all the way up to probably like 2008. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. The um, 
but anyway, Greece is Greece is particularly awesome because when I was maybe I can't how old was I when it came out? Early eighties, right around eighty, like maybe I was ten or ten or eleven years old. Isn't it nineteen seventy nine? Is it okay? So again, ten or eleven years old. That's what we thought high school seniors looked like. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like oh, they're adults. Yeah. And it's the same with 90210. When you yeah. watched 90210, you probably thought, oh, that's what high school seniors look like. For sure. You know, adults. And then Except you get that... older, and then you get older, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> By that point, though, entertainment media had expanded to a point where I found out pretty quickly that, like, Andrea was 35. Right. Like, oh, I remember yeah, it you... being a pretty big story at the time. Like, uh-huh. what, had, what are we doing had, here? You had access to... Uh... You had access to uh, information. See, we didn't have access to this kind right. of information. Or we just, you, you know, know, sorry, when they remade that, they did the 90210 reboot with actual like teenage actors. That was what was wrong with it. It was like, I don't want to watch children. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch adults pretending to be children. Right. It's the it's the Gossip Girl. So, yeah. yeah it's the Gossip, Gossip Girl Girl's model. a watchable show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter's starting to watch Gossip Girl now. And I was and I was just laughing at it. I was like, you and your mom both. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like wait, wait is, is Chuck Bass drinking in a bar? How old is he again? Oh, he's in high school. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. He's he's uh, he's a 38-year-old high school senior drinking martinis in a bar. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where his dad owns the building and the bartender's like, shit, fine, whatever. <laughs> no, nobody's calling the cops. On the Basses. Uh, one last, my wife is a big Gossip Girl person oh, okay. as well. So I've seen most of it. That's where I discovered the Leighton Meester is actually the hot one. <laughs> <laughs> when you, you've discovered at the end of it all. After all. Uh, last one for the movies before we move on. Okay. Uh, Elf. Immigrant adoptee is repatriated to country of birth, experiences culture shock and prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like if you, me if I had to go back to... If you don't have any sympathy for DACA recipients... Watch Elf and understand that that's what it would be like. Watch Elf. <laughs> he's, a, he's a dreamer. All right, well, we're done with the bulk of the show, and that means... Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Dad jokes of the week. Woo! A proper woo. How do you say woo in German? Uh, Woo. <laughs> Do they woo in Germany? Have you heard anybody make a woo sound? No, but I don't know. Would because all the W's come out as V's. Yeah. So if you were the German nature boy, you yeah. might you might be struggling a little bit with a woo. I wish I knew how to say nature in German off the top of my head. <laughs> it's a joke that I didn't get to make people. Yes. Oh, you know. Oh, the other thing about Germany, which I love, and the German language I love, is they just jam words together. Oh yeah. And make one word. Yeah. Like the coffee machine is like the cafe vol automat. It's like sure. automatic or whatever. It's like yeah, yeah. Just just that's what it's called. That's the coffee machine. Right. Like in America we say coffee machine, but then there's like one word it just means coffee machine. But the word. But is why just do you need it to be machine. one word? Why can't it just be? Co- I mean, there is a word for coffee. There is a word for machine. Can't you just say them together? Isn't that what you're doing anyway? No, that's yes. But they just make it one word, so you know it all belongs together. All right, fine. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. We started with a terrible classic. I threw butter out the window because I wanted to see... A butterfly. What is a computer's favorite food? Microchips. <laughs> Microchips. There's a better joke in there somewhere. I, I, There is. There was something about like... Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a microchips joke, but it's not about a computer's favorite food. I don't know. Tiny robot? I don't know. It's a, there's a salsa. What, there's like a computer salsa joke that goes with microchips. There you go. We're gonna, yeah. We'd have to find it, yeah. Uh, I used to be a bartender for the mob. It was whiskey business. <laughs> okay. I was in a Tom Cruise movie about alcoholism. <laughs> it was about alcoholism and speech impediments. <laughs> Sorry, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> yes, that is actually my first thought yeah, when I read that. It was it was like, a whiskey business. Yes, I was the bartender for on the Warner Brothers lot for Elmer Fudd. It was, <laughs> it was a whiskey business. I like a new boomerang, but I can't seem to be able to throw the old one away. Boomerang jokes. 
Why are Saturday and Sunday so strong? The other days are weak days. Yes, that's right. The rest are weekdays. And finally, what's the difference between ignorance and indifference? I don't know, and I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... I could be Actually, minority. I, like I could be the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee. Right. I was going to say, welcome. To I your don't life know, in- and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to your life in politics. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I don't care. Who can say? Yes. I um. I um. Here's my. Here's my joke. I couldn't. I didn't have a good way to write it down, so I just wrote in the <laughs> in our notes editor joke. All right. So, what is the editor okay, joke? So now I have to remember the editor joke. Okay. Here it is. <laughs> I come so prepared. Well, I didn't want to write the whole joke in the regular notes because I wanted you to to be surprised by it. If only you could open a separate document that wasn't I just this was. One. I'm, I'm struggling with a lot. I'm dealing with a lot of things here. Does your hotel room game. have a notepad and a pen? This is a no. thing I use from time to time. <laughs> so, so how did you get into the editing business? Yeah, you know, to make a long story short. Okay. <laughs> That's the joke. It would be funny if you actually responded that way, like in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were an editor, you should like just make that part of your... Yeah. You should just use that. Yeah. You can have that. If you're an editor out there and you're listening to this, you can have that. You're going to make people not laugh at a cocktail party. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the overtime. Overtime. All right, in the overtime, uh, keeping with the theme of, of light politics, I had an experience. I've, I've also traveled for business since we last did a, a show together, and uh, it was just you and, you and I. And I um, ran into a, a Trump supporter on an airplane. And uh, I, it was a plane to, um, well, it was to Calgary. There's no reason I can't say that. I'm just trying to not, not dox myself <laughs> too, too badly. Um, I have mileage on this particular airline, so I got upgraded to first class. It's not fancy on the plane to Calgary. It's an older plane. It's, it's whatever. I, I understand. You're not. You're not. It's privilege, but it's light privilege. It's just yeah. Whatever. I I fly the same airline all the time, and so when the plane is empty, they give me a better seat. Hey, you earn those points, man. But uh, but our, our our Trump friend was also in first class there, seat behind me to the left. Um, and it wasn't like he was wearing a Trump hat, but it was a wasn't um a red hat like a Make America Great Again hat. It was like a like a bro hat, like it was green and brown and it had a Trump 2020 logo. Uh, and then it said below that, it said no bullshit. And I was immediately like, okay, sure. No, right. no bullshit. <laughs> I, I can't imagine even the most staunch Trump supporter. <laughs> believes, no bullshit. Trump, believes, no bullshit. Believes the no bullshit part of this whole thing. Like, I, you know what? If you're, if you're okay, if you're, if you're selling this, Right. Let's say you're selling this. You're selling your support for Trump. You're saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to defend it. I'm going to. Def- I support the president. I'm going to defend my positions." No bullshit. It's not really. <laughs> you're not going to lead with that. <laughs> this is not a cornerstone. This is not a cornerstone of the of the of the Trump of the Trump. You know what? The campaign. The Trump campaign or the Trump the Trump administration. That's, that is hilarious. And I always, and I always love people who wear curse words in public too. Those are, those it's, are, it's an, this was a guy who was very comfortable with cursing in public. So he continued to speak openly on his cell phone. Well, after the announcement had been made to like put your shit away, like the door is closed. He's talking and he's on the phone again. He's sort of back into my left. Uh-huh. Um, one, one row back and, and one seat across the aisle in this phone call that he won't hang up. He says the word fucker, like loudly three separate times and it was like in a genial way you know what i mean like he was saying it in a, it wasn't like he was yelling at somebody he was calling his friend fucker but like he was talking super loud oh, and he's just one of these people I, I it was like i i have actually people in my life who are like this they're affable but in a very obnoxious way sure like you know what I mean? It's it's like you're not offensive, even though you're being offensive because you're delivering it in a way that makes it clear that I'm not really going to be rude or nasty to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know if you disagreed with them. Things might take a, a quick sure. turn. Sure. But they're but naturally I, they're naturally coarse in that way. Yeah. And the flight attendant, like to the point he was on the phone to the point where she was standing over his seat, like hang up the phone. And he's like talking to he's facing the window, talking to the guy going. I got. Re- I really got to go. She's standing over my window. I'm pretending not to see her. Like he was doing the the bit. God. God. 
Yeah, and I was like, God, you, you know how much like undeserved confidence you have to have to behave this way in public. <laughs> right. Um, I check out on their conversation or on his on him in general and, and what's going on. Uh, I'm going back to my book, which is what I was doing at the time, and then all of a sudden, kind of here out of um, nowhere, you know, Canadians don't like Americans much. I'm like, hmm. This reminds me of an old adage about meeting assholes. <laughs> so then I kind of start listening. And actually the flight attendant, a flight attendant, they must have been kindred spirits because she spent like 20 minutes back there of the flight talking to him. To the point where, again, not to be too hoity-toity, but I wanted another drink. And I was like, hey, come on. <laughs> fucking around back there. And give me another cocktail. <laughs> They're free. <laughs> but he, t- he talks about like he's telling her that he keeps his so he, he's in the, he's a truck importer exporter I don't really understand how this business works he okay. buys trucks in Canada he ships them back to the US I don't know how you make money doing that but there must be something to it sure it's but an arbitrage talks, business yeah, sure <laughs> um, it, he says that he keeps his supplier happy by his suppliers rather happy by bringing them Copenhagen and cigarettes from the states so like at, reason, at reasonable prices because tobacco in Canada is much more expensive okay so he's using prison currency regularly in, in his business, which is interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, well, from what, the I know attendant- about the, from what I know about the trucking industry, it runs on dip and, uh, and smokes. Sure, it makes sense. <laughs> but it's interesting nonetheless. And then the flight attendant starts commiserating. And again, I can't hear everything they're saying. And I'm really trying not to listen because I don't care that much. But they're loud, so it's hard not to hear. Sure. And she starts commiserating with him about bank charges in foreign countries. Like, they're both upset that you get charged, like, fees to pull money out in foreign countries. And I'm kind of like, hmm, where could that concept have come from? What is free market capitalism? <laughs> no, or, no, or just get a credit card that doesn't charge you foreign transaction fees. My There's point is, though, that if there was, you could regulate that with laws. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to, we could... Sure. We could limit bank fees. That's a thing that's in the government's power. Yeah. Um, and then... I heard someone else chime in at some point in the conversation. I couldn't hear what they said, but then I heard the flight attendant. The flight attendant, of all people, turned back toward the cabin and say, we're American. We do Fahrenheit. And I was like, we are flying to Canada. What are you doing? <laughs> also, that's my bit. <laughs> I, I, I reminded me of you. Uh, and then finally, I hear the Trump guy complaining about De Beers, of all things, manipulating diamond market pricing. God. And I'm like, you... You obviously know more about the world than your countenance and behavior lets on. How can you... I, it was the disconnect, and it's just one of those things that really crystallized it for me. It's like, it is... It's not... It's fandom. There's a fan... It's my team. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I think that there is a different kind of my team. Like, we talk about sports hate, right? Like, I hate the 49ers. Mm-hmm. But I don't, like, hate the 49ers. Right. right? It's, not right. A, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not something you feel in your soul. I root against them because it's fun to root against them because it's just football. Right. Exactly. But uh, th- there is a great deal. And, and I'm, I'm not to both sides of the issue, but hey, we have, uh, I don't I say we, but only because I'm not on that. I'm not part of that fandom group. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, I've never really considered myself. We've talked about this before, but whatever, without getting too detailed. Uh, bottom line is that it's just a, it, it's not examined in a way that is meaningful because to have these takes on banking fees and manipulating of the diamond market, these are not, I mean, that's not, those are not in line with what you, with what you're voting for. Sure. And, and, and there have been many times where you've stumbled into a conversation with strangers where you just find similar dislikes. Yes. Sometimes it's easier to find similar dislikes and then just have a conversation about similar dislikes. Because yeah. it's cause it's easy. Because it's it's pretty safe to walk up to somebody like in their watching. You know, if they were if they were sitting there and they had like a Seahawk shirt on, you'd and you'd say, "God, the Niners suck," and then you'd be like, "Yeah, they certainly do." And then you'd then you'd have. I mean, if you wanted to have a conversation about that, you very easily could. Yeah, it's you actually know. harder to do likes because I, I think I might have even told this story in the show before. I was in Hawaii once and a guy was wearing a Huskies shirt, and the Huskies had played that day, and uh-huh. I said to him, "Go dogs." And he looked, he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, because uh, it was actually the Huskies had played in Hawaii. And yeah. I assumed that he was there for that. And he was like, oh, what? And I'm like, oh, there was a basketball game. He's like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I mostly just watch football. It's like, OK. It's <laughs> a really weird interaction. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's a that's kind of a safe 
that's kind of a safe thing to do if you're striking up conversation with strangers. You just sort of if he was wearing a Trump hat, you, you, it'd be very easy to say uh, stupid liberals. And then of course you could have a you could <laughs> you could have a conversation with that person if you wanted to. <laughs> a no bullshit conversation, by the way. I I guess. <laughs> all right, with that, uh, that's our show. Thanks for calling in from the remote location. Hopefully, um, all the recordings were captured. Unlike last time, we didn't get to find out until after the fact. So, uh, I was able to hear you the whole time. Luck. So, best yeah. of luck. Best of luck. Hopefully, you all enjoyed this episode that you actually got to listen to because it may not exist. <laughs> but if you did, we thank you for listening to the Two on Three Pod, where we help to live you, help to live you. Help you to live. to live a more deeply examined life. That's what we do. That's what we do. We, break, we, we, we deconstruct it here. <laughs> if you don't already, please subscribe and or review wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and by the way, I checked on Spotify, and you can actually just search for two on three, and it actually comes up now. It is all one word. There are no spaces in our manual of style for the branding of the two on three podcast. It is number two, O-N, number three. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week, right? You're not like doing something crazy. No, are we are we out on are we out for things? Oh yeah, are we doing a show? I don't know. I don't think so. No, are we off? <laughs> We're off. Maybe we'll have a show. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> but either way, we'll be back in two weeks for sure with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace. peace.